Well, Paul, uh, we're back, and uh, we have a few topics we're going to talk about today. We wanted to talk about neighborhood Facebook pages, the politics surrounding them, the different characters that show up in these neighborhood Facebook pages. I think most neighborhoods or communities have these sorts of Facebook pages. I know you have them in your neighborhood. I've got them in mine, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to also talk about abandoned shopping carts, and this comes from a story from my uh, a friend of mine that uh, has a re- had a recent experience involving abandoned shopping carts, and I'm talking about the physical shopping carts you see at malls or shopping centers that end up strewn in ditches and things like that. The We're going to talk a little bit about the weird things that we see in people's homes or their cars. And what sort of impressions does that give give us about those people? Quick update on our 30-day challenge. And then, of course, finishing up with what we're watching. Certainly lots to talk about today. Um, I'm sure there's a Facebook group in place for pretty much any community or any, I guess, uh, depending on, on where you live, um, any sort of like your your own individual neighborhood within within your town. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of these Facebook posts, Facebook groups out there more so than you than you realize. And the one in my neighborhood, uh, I live in like a, a little what we call the the Whitby Shores area, which is a its own little pocket of uh, little pocket community, and. The, the politics and the, the weird stuff that goes on in our group is uh, very entertaining. Yeah, and I think it's important that we should note that um, it's this isn't just Facebook group pages. I think there's probably other similar things out there that exist. I mean, if you're not a Facebook person, this may actually supply you with all the ammo you need as to why you are not on Facebook. Because as you said... It can get, I call it entertaining, but I can. I would also say that it gets quite frustrating because the number of times my wife has heard me reacting to a Facebook post I read, she'll constantly say, like, why are you doing this to yourself? Why do you go on the page? Why do you do this to yourself? And I go back to the entertainment value. It's like a peek into society and the behaviors of society, but... Now the difference between way this the way this may have been ten years ago or twenty years ago now is the whole hiding behind a computer screen, you know, keyboard is this. It's like you, when you used to yell at somebody when you were in their car if they cut you off. Well, most of the time, nothing was ever going to happen. You had the protection of the car. It's very similar now. You have the protection of a a computer screen. So. I I thought this would be good to talk about because I think there are going to be others out there that can relate to this. Yeah, and the whole thing with the Facebook group is that social media in general, I'm sure there's been these types of groups out there for many, many years, probably only within maybe the last 10 years that Facebook has been chosen as the most convenient uh, vehicle or, or form to, to be able to, to post these, these chat rooms. Um. But it's entertaining because these Facebook groups is almost like the, well, you know, we've talked a lot about the whole social media influence on kids and teenagers. Well, this is the whole social media influence on adults. And, mm-hmm. 
it's it's interesting when you read through these Facebook posts because there's a lot of benefits to them, but there's a lot of negative that comes out about them. And although there's there's no um, overt bullying of any kind, there's still stuff that is said in these Facebook groups that can be a little unsettling at times and can anger people. Um, so it's interesting when you, when you really study these and you take a look at, at the behaviors of, of adults and how people react. But um, let, let's hear some of your stories. What have what what you read yeah. on some of your posts? Okay. Yeah, I want to jump in. So and we talked earlier about how these can kind of be put into different categories. But here, the first one up is the someone who's seeking information. Um, so my example here is, is anyone, this is a post that was in our neighborhood Facebook group, is anyone in the area having Rogers Cable TV issues? Oh my God, that one comes up all the time. Yeah, cable TV is a yeah. big one, phone service, internet connections. The The thing about this type of post is that if it, if it only would be responded to, just answer the question. Yeah. Which is what does not, you might get a couple of those, like, no, no issues here. But what, what uh, this always inevitably goes into are, it will just go down the path of, no, not having issues. I'm surprised because normally I do. Roger sucks. <laughs> yes, very true. Yeah, it can be. Uh... I wanted to read one of the responses that came from this guy. It says here, his fir- the first response, there were nine answers to this, and I'm only going to read this one here. It says, don't know if you want to deal with the devil called Bell Canada. They are crooks. Yeah. And for those in Canada or at least in this area, we'll know that Bell Canada would be a competitor for Rogers. But, and then it'll just go down a, a, just a dark path of people just complaining about it. Meanwhile, all this guy wanted to know was, is anyone in the area having Rogers cable TV issues? Yeah, these can get off the rails pretty fast. Uh, I'm just taking a look through my my neighborhood page right here. And for the most part, it is fairly positive postings. Um, it's very common for people to ask referrals, you know, contractors, um, yeah. house painters. <laughs> hey, we know a guy. We do know a guy. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, Pace Painting. Yeah. <laughs> There's people complaining about garbage in the neighborhood, which, okay, I can understand that. But sometimes, again, these conversations get a little bit out of hand and people take it a bit too far. Um, you did put Pace Painting down into that group, I'm, I'm sure, right, Paul? Well, actually, I, I, should, I should make a posting. And, uh, you should. I should. I, I will do that. Um, but, yeah, as I said, just, just clicking through it. And there's, there's a lot of, of good that comes out of it. And I don't want people to think that we're, you know, crapping all over these sites by saying that they're, they're evil by no means. Um, you know, as I said, there's a lot of benefits here. A lot of people asking for advice. Um, a lot of information is shared amongst the neighborhood. Um, there's a lot of uh, interest right now in real estate listings just because the price of real estate has been going up so much. Sharing of community events. So yeah. it, it can be a, a lot of good. And in overall, it's it's a great resource to have. Uh, it's an excellent resource for people to to dial into this 
the sharing of information amongst neighbors. And obviously that is the main intent of these sites. Um, you know, there is a neighbor's page that we have that's available for everyone. There's, there's also a dedicated uh, mom's group page as well. Um, so people that have questions specific to their kids or, or schooling, that type of thing. But I guess where we're going with this is that there's obviously going to be a lot of busybodies. There's going to be a lot of opinionated people that just take things a little bit too far. And, uh, All right, it, I've got it, one here. i got to yeah. share. Okay, All so right, let's, let's go th with you. This guy, actually it's a lady, she posts, Has anyone gotten an iPad fixed in the area? Ours stopped charging. So it's it's followed up with a number of different things. I go I go to unbreak a fix in Pickering by Walmart. Uh, someone is following the post because I guess they have a similar issue. And then we get this guy who writes, with the power off, clean out the charging port with a pin. Often there is just a buildup of fluff and dust. Start with that. No, you know what? I didn't ask how to fix it. I asked where somebody I could take it to get it fixed. I that's that's the sort of unsolicited advice or being told what to do. I mean, even if it said, "Hey, here's an idea," but no, with the power off, clean out the charging port with a pin. Start with that. Mm. Am I overreacting on this, Paul? Um, no, I don't think so. I, this guy obviously didn't read the question. I think a lot of people just like to put in their two cents. Oh, I think he read the question. He just wants to be be the the hero of the neighborhood. Well, I, I mentioned before how these can lead to a lot of people who can be busybodies. It's not uncommon to see posts where, you know, someone puts up a, a posting, oh, uh, did you hear the, the loud car noises at 2 a.m. this morning? Or, uh, yes, we get those that ones. That type of thing. Or, um, you know, someone was playing your music way too loud on such and such court. Turn it down. I've seen a lot of those as well. And we got one here. It's, did anyone hear fireworks this morning? Yeah, yeah, that's another one. Yeah, fireworks. And uh, so, of course, uh, that one just uh, a few responses to that one. Ides of March celebration. Um, there should not be fireworks. They disturb the wildlife. <laughs> uh, somebody writes in here that there was some sort of holiday going on in Afghanistan and that that was the reason why these fireworks were going off at four in the morning. <laughs> I always get a kick out of people saying, did you hear the fireworks late last night? Meanwhile, it was like Canada Day long weekend or something like that. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously you're going to hear them. <laughs> For me, I think the incident that kind of stuck out in my mind um, and we've talked a lot about COVID and, you know, the, the various behaviors and somehow sometimes it can bring out the worst in people. The, the incident that, that I remember vividly was obviously about a year ago at the height of COVID. Um, the, the Facebook group, there's certain individuals within that group that kind of took it upon themselves to be the neighborhood police. And this was... If you recall... Social media police or neighborhood police? Well, just like the overall neighborhood police. And there was comments about, um, if you recall, right at, at the real peak of, of the lockdowns, um, when 
the I guess the government had advised that if you're going to grocery stores, you sh- you should limit the amount of times that you go. Um, try to to purchase as many items as possible to avoid uh, little trips to the store, that type of thing. Anyway, there is a lot of postings on this Facebook page about um, people. I think there was one posting in particular where somebody had almost like ratted out someone saying that I was in the parking lot of the grocery store today and someone walked out with only two items. And Mm -hmm. that was one of those incidents where I I think a lot of people kind of snapped a little bit and said, you know, back off, buddy. Like, you don't know the true story here. Um, People shouldn't be made to feel that they're breaking the law because they happen to forget one item at the grocery store and they, they want to go back and get it. It, it. it sort of, that was a bit of a turning point where the whole neighborhood chatter that was going on um, with respect to the whole COVID discussion, that, that's when it sort of took a bit of a, a dark turn where people finally realize that, wow, okay, we have people here that are literally policing each other and this has gone way too far. Um, so as I said, that was, that was a, a weird incident that I think it created a lot of anger within the, within the community. And I think people um, realized or, or the message that a lot of people had posted was that we have to be more positive here and mm, that, yeah. you know, we're, we are not, uh, we're not here to police each other. We're, we're, this isn't what the neighborhood stands for. So, yeah, that was a great example where, yes, certain individuals can take it way too far. Um, you know, the opinionated people that have to put in their two cents and, you know, yeah. think that they're doing their part by by ratting on their on their fellow community members. But it really has the opposite effect where it's it creates a very negative and, and toxic environment. Well, you mentioned bylaws. So in, in the case of the fireworks being set off at 4 a.m., um, someone named Simon writes in, Bylaw 608-5, while in a park, no person shall ignite, discharge, or set off fireworks, firecrackers, rockets, or other fireworks, except at, except at a firework display author, authorized by a permit. And then he decides to add in here, and I guarantee they didn't have a permit for 4.30 a.m. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he would have right. been that guy that would have got up out of bed at 4.30 and gone over and asked for their permit as well. <laughs> Here's another one, uh, someone looking for recommendation. Now, this person happens to actually be the admin for the group. So, I just called oil changers and asked how much a synthetic oil change was, and they said eighty four ninety nine. But then he asked what kind of car, and when I said it was a VW, he said, that needs special European oil, so it's $99.99. I then lost my bananas and seriously gave it to him. As this hasn't been asked in a while in our group, I'm looking for new local recommendations. Thanks in advance. Okay, so um, just an outpouring of people responded to this. Most of it started out very negative about this oil changer place. And then a few comments came in. I wrote in. I had to write in because I use these guys. And I said, I went in there before and looked for an oil change. And they told me I didn't need one because I wasn't due for quite a while. They checked my car dashboard and said, you're not due for like 200 days. And I said, I appreciated that. And then another person wrote in and said, I had completely the opposite experience to the original poster. I really like these guys. And then 
the original person, the admin, shut the t- shut the comments down. It was almost as though once the narrative changed, she decided to end continuing comments. In terms of what, like, what would what do you think the administrator was trying to do here? Oh, I think she wanted to make her point about these guys being, you know, overcharging evil people. Got a number of responses that supported her argument. And as soon as there were people writing in that they were good and they liked going there, that's when she shut down the comments. So as this person was the administrator, she shut it down because it was making her look bad. Yeah, I guess she didn't yeah, like the direction be. it was going. Now yeah. it was starting to look like these guys weren't crooks after all. Yeah, yeah. P- she didn't want people to think that she lost her bananas for nothing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I do want to share one more thing about this administrator. Um, this one, I think, really says a lot. Uh, she had posted something about, it says, six kids walking on um, uh, Catalina Street, currently at Prince Philip, coming up from Value Mart, carrying hot food, swearing up a storm, pushing each other, being very close together, and masks around their necks. Clearly not from the same household. So that a bit related to the one that you mentioned about the parking lot. So she provides an update to this comment. She says, update, when you laugh at an admin's comment that isn't funny, you're saying you don't care about what they've said, nor do you care about the hours of their day they dedicate to moderating the group. Therefore, you'll be laughed at while we remove you from the group. Wow. Okay. So it sounds like that administrator is on a little bit of a power trip there. Takes her job way too seriously. But well, do you, you think know, there I, are I, people I, that wa- that set up these Facebook groups just so they can have things to have power over? Maybe. I don't know. I, in fairness to administrators, I'm sure it is a tough job. I'm sure they do have to deal with a lot of crap and a lot of people complaining and making a big deal about nothing. Uh, in fact, a, a mutual friend of ours is actually one of these Facebook administrators, um, the the moms group that I was telling you about, and uh, she shared she has shared some stories with me about some of the the drama and the politics and 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 the overall bullshit that she has to deal with. So it is a bit of a thankless job. These administrators do not get paid for it. Um, so I think if if their heart is in the right place, then yeah, it, it's it's a tough job for an administrator to do. Certainly. I wouldn't want to sign up as a Facebook administrator because no, you have but, to deal with a lot of crap. But I, I, I think this is where people who do sign up, I think to a certain degree, they're looking for it. Yeah, I don't I, think they're doing this just to set something up for the goodness of their hearts. I think there's mm-hmm. a there's an element that they know this is going to happen. They want to have some some power. Depends on the individual, I guess. I wanted to just finish up one final comment. The the neighborhood group, this is on its fourth version, by the way. So it's the 4.0. The previous three have all been shut down due to issues. So if that doesn't say something, I don't know what does. Yeah, what kind of issues? Well, like, all the issues what, we just talked about. abuse or something? Everything. Yeah. I think what happened was it just got out of control in different areas, and so it got got shut down, and then someone created a new group and called it Guildwood 3.0, and now it's at 4.0. So yeah. I think that says it all. So are you going to take over the uh, the Guildwood 11.0 when that eventually well, comes Well, I out? should say <laughs> I've quit 
two, at least two of the four groups because I just couldn't tolerate it anymore. Especially yeah. when we were living away, I just felt I didn't need to read this stuff. But yeah. I joined back up for 4.0 to see how it, uh, how maybe it had changed. So it's <laughs> nothing earth shattering, but it's just I think the phenomenon of hiding behind the keyboard and typing away is um, it's just easy to do it. Yeah, it's easy to do it. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's there's a lot of people that make a have to be heard and we'll see all sorts of stuff because they get to hide behind their keyboard but yeah i'm sure that if they were you know face to face with a lot of their neighbors they would be pretty quiet well that's a good point because we did have somebody that came over here to quote a, j- a job for us in the backyard and after he left i just was on this facebook group and i noticed he had made a few comments not about coming over here but just in general and i have to say that a couple of the comments i read had i not met him only you know a half hour earlier in my backyard and got to talking to him he was a really nice guy i would have had a different impression of him and i might have even thought about writing back to a couple of his comments but because I actually knew the guy, it changed it. And that's what I think is fundamental to all of this, is that it's these people that many of the times don't even know who each other is, and so they feel this freedom to make these comments. But put them in a room together, and they wouldn't be doing this. This episode is brought to you by Pace Painting. Pace Painting, serving all your painting needs, whether commercial or residential, Reach Pace Painting at paintwithpace at gmail.com or via their Facebook page, Pace Painting, Inc. Or call Peter at 289-356-7744. Paint with Pace. All right, abandoned shopping carts. The reason I bring this up is because I was at the Metro Shopping Plaza this is one of the retail chains here around where we live, Metro, big grocery chain in Canada. And the shopping cart, you, you pick up the shopping cart on the way in, you get your groceries, and then when you check out, you put the car, the groceries in the, in the cart and wheel it to your car and unload it. And then you are supposed to take the cart and walk it back to the cart receptacle area which, depending on the size of the grocery store, they might have multiple stations for you to do this. What I wanted to ask you, Paul, was, is there a distance where the receptacle is far enough away that you feel you don't have to walk it back and you can just kind of leave it there where your car is? Or do you always return the cart, no matter how far away that station is? Well, I'd like to say that I'm a, I'm a good citizen that way, where when I'm in a, a shopping mall parking lot, I always try to put it back in the cart return. I will walk that extra couple of steps. Um, I'll walk that extra 30 seconds or however far it is. What if it's not 30 seconds or a couple of steps? What if it's literally a five-minute walk to take the cart back? If it's a five-minute walk, then, well, first of all, I'd be parking that far away from the building. <laughs> well, uh-huh. what if it's crowded? What it's a, I mean, the metro parking lot up the street is a pretty big parking lot, and... If it was, yeah, it could be maybe three to four minutes away, and then all that's yeah. if it's raining out or snowing or it's cold, that's a pretty far distance to go. Let's just say nine times out of ten, I will put it back in the cart. In the cart. Okay, return. so there are some circumstances where you'll look at the situation and say, "No, I'm not going to take if, it back." Yeah, if it's raining or if there's a lot of snow in the parking lot, 
um, then okay, maybe sometimes, but that's that's pretty rare. It's it's a rare event when I don't return it back into into the the cart return. And I, I do that because it's annoying when you do have shopping carts strewn everywhere that are, are taking up a lot of parking, parking it's spaces. It's unsightly. It's unsightly. Walmart is really bad for that, where you go to Walmart and there's shopping carts strewn everywhere. Um, and part of the, the thing, too, is that you don't want these shopping carts to, to smash into your car either. Mm, so, some yeah. people just don't care. They'll just park anywhere. But, you know, I don't want to... I, I when I go to a shopping plaza, I rarely park next to the shopping cart return, like the, the right. parking spot right beside it, because people just kind of throw their carts over. I don't yep. want shopping carts dinging my car, so I'm very particular about my vehicle, and we're gonna we'll we'll get to that later on in the podcast. Um, but yeah, when it comes to to my vehicles, uh, I like to make sure that there's no opportunities for dents to happen. Um, so right. for me, I, I always like to put it back in the in the cart return so that it doesn't okay. dent my car or, or somebody else's. But so I uh, do not return it all the time. I if it's if it is inconvenient for me to return the cart, I don't. Um, and that could include having to go around medians and things to you know in a maze of of uh, medians to get my cart back to the receptacle, freezing cold. No, I believe that if the retailer was concerned enough about this, they would put a, a shop, a station, a receptacle for these carts closer, like in other parts of the parking lot, not just one location, which could be quite far from everywhere else. So I shame on me, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't always return them. Well, and you also have the retailers, I think No Frills, which is another grocery store chain, I think they still make you pay 25 cents for a card. Oh, that's or, a good point. Yeah, you so a lot of these ones used in, yeah. to have a quarter. You would have to put a quarter into the into the handle. There was a little place you'd slide a quarter in, and then you could unlock it from the card in front of it. And actually, that was quite effective. But the, the challenge is now people aren't carrying coins around and cash like they used to. So I think a lot of those systems have been abandoned, but it was quite amazing to see how many people would return their carts knowing they were going to get 25 cents back. Yeah, absolutely. Also, the, the other thing is some of them have these locking mechanisms on them, although I'm never sure if that's really a real thing. They'll say, because uh, I've never had it lock on me, and I wonder how expensive would that really be to employ one of these on every single shopping cart? So... Um, I know some say they have that, whether they're real, I don't know. Maybe that would be a good thing for us to find out. Are those locking mechanisms actually real or is it just there to deter you from taking it? We'll have to do some research on that. We'll include those in the show notes. Yeah. And then the last thing is, you know, when you see these carts abandoned, I I mentioned that um, a friend of the show had let me know that um, he actually called Walmart and said, there's a guy just down the road from me who's standing here with one of your Walmart carts. Uh, you should come down and, and get them. And um, their response was, oh, no, no, we, uh, we know this happens and we accept the fact. And what we do is we send a truck around every couple days to go retrieve them. So from Walmart's perspective, they actually expect this to happen and they seem to have a retrieval process but whether that's really real, I, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, when it comes to Walmart, well, obviously being such a huge, huge retailer, 
I'm sure they take into account that they are going to have lost and damaged shopping carts. I bet you most people probably don't realize that shopping carts are actually very expensive to buy one. Yeah, you did some research on it, right? Yeah, they're they're close to $1,000. You don't realize that. Yeah, almost $1,000. So if you're a retailer and if you have 100 carts out there, that's a lot of money you have out in your parking lot. Well, maybe it makes the locking mechanism technology worth it. It could be, yeah. But yeah, it is interesting to see the the abandoned shopping carts. And it, it definitely brings down the value of a neighborhood, I'll say that. Um, fortunately, where I am, well, my neighborhood in general, you don't see that very often. I, uh, our neighborhood's, well, at least where I live, is pretty good about that. People keep the, the shopping carts in, in the plaza because I have a, a metro grocery store or close to my house as well. Um, but yeah, it's not uncommon to see the abandoned shopping carts strewn around. And man, it's it's a real eyesore. So if, if companies like Walmart do send the, the truck around, then I'm it's good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, but I'm sure a lot of retailers don't do it. And the shopping carts can be a real blight on, on the landscape. <laughs> All right, weird stuff in people's homes and cars. You had a story you wanted to share about the impression you got. Was it a friend? Well, why don't don't you just tell me the story? Yeah, so just to kind of set up this topic here, you and I had discussed about, you know, first impressions of going in people's homes. You know, odd decorations, ugly, outdated furniture, uh, bad wallpaper, bad paint jobs, does it smell? You know, when you go into someone's house, it's amazing probably within the first 30 seconds, instantly you already have an opinion of that person just by walking in their in their front hallway probably. Boy, um, you judgmental man, you. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm sure you do the exact same thing as well. <laughs> well, it sounds very judgy, but I'll, yeah, I'll keep going. Yeah, but hey, it's human nature. Come on, I'm sure we all do it. All right, tell me what the story is. Where I was going with this is when it comes to first impressions of a house, it's one thing if you're going to a friend's house, but when you're operating a business out of your house and you have people coming to your to your uh, to your house, it's it's a whole different ball game, in my opinion. Okay. And my story on this is a couple years ago. My wife had booked uh, Christmas photographs. Usually every year or every other year, we always like to get Christmas photos done. Uh, my wife, my son, and I. And there was a woman that was advertising um, photographs and she does them out of her house. And what she had posted on her website or her Facebook page looked quite professional, looked very legitimate. Price was good. So we figured, all right, let's let's check her out. Let's do it. And we go to her house, and immediately when you walk, when I walk through the front door, this overpowering odor of, of dog B.O. You know, <laughs> people that have multiple dogs and they don't clean. It's okay, like, like a, that a, wet fur, that yeah, wet it's dog like a, smell. A wet, how can I describe it? It's just like a dog body odor, like a doggy smell. Okay. For, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Anyway, well, we've smelled we, dogs after they come in from the rain or, 
or a dog that hasn't had a sh- shampooing in a while. Yeah, I think we know what you mean. But, okay. you know, we go into this this woman's home, and, and her front living room is set up as sort of the the photography studio area where she's taken the photographs. But you can see elsewhere around her house, and this woman must have been a hoarder because the house was dirty, it was smelly, old dog fur everywhere. Like, she hadn't done any housekeeping whatsoever. And, okay, it's her home. If if that's the way she wants to live, I'm not in a position to, to criticize her on that. But when you are operating a business out of your house and you're having people come to your house and partake in a photograph session that takes an hour and, and you're having right. to, to smell this this evil-smelling home, I, I don't know. That, that's the okay, story Okay, so this that is not a friend's <laughs> house. This was a business that you went to. Someone yeah. running a business out of their home. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah. and because of that, I would... It doesn't... The, the photographs were, were decent, but I would never go back to her again, just based on... <laughs> Do the, you look at the, those photos and almost smell that house anytime uh, yeah, you look almost, at them? almost, yeah. Because of the, the unprofessionalism. And maybe I'm overthinking this, but... In my opinion, I would not go back to that woman. Oh, I'm with you on that. Yeah, Yeah. it was an unprofessional establishment. The fact that her house was that disgusting. I fully fully support what you're saying. If it's a person's business and this is the place they expect people to come into their homes so that they can transact business with you, especially something like photographs where... You want to feel comfortable with the person. You want to feel comfortable in general. And to sit there while, you know, your what were these Christmas portraits? Yeah, Christmas portraits. So, you know, while she's handing you, like, the holly and you're supposed to pretend that you're kissing your wife. And, yeah. And, um, you, got, you know, meanwhile, all you can get, a, you yeah. just have this penetrating dog B.O. Yeah, you got dogs barking in the background. Yeah. You, you, you got tumbleweed of fur rolling past you. Yeah, it was, it was not pretty. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So my quick story on this one is that uh, cars, you know, what's the impression of people who have uh, like a whole bunch of junk in their cars? So if you're you're getting a ride home, I had an experience where I, I was at a baseball game and, and someone offered to give me a ride home. And... Um, so we walked to his car from the stadium and we, we, <laughs> we got to it and, um, no joke. I think this guy spent five minutes clearing out enough space in his front seat so that I could sit there. Everything from tools, McDonald's bags stuffed with, you know, garbage, um, hammers, wrenches, power tools, plastic bags with empty pop cans in them. Just He was just firing them all into the back seat. Yeah, and I didn't even know the guy that well. And, you know, maybe he was like, shit, next time, maybe I better keep my car clean in case I get into a situation like this. But, uh, yeah, that was a little bit embarrassing, and I haven't forgotten about it to this day. Yeah, with all the junk that this guy had in the front seat, you know, piling it back into the back seat, I'd hate to see what the back seat was like. It's a good thing he didn't offer to to drive more people home. Otherwise, you'd have to just shove it outside. Well, now this got me thinking about how I kept my own car. When I was younger, I used to have a really 
bad trunk full of crap. So I would put garbage bags and uh, I would just dump almost everything. I, I did kind of live out of my car when I was in my university and maybe just after university days. So I don't... Th- I don't keep my car that way now, but I do realize the impression that it could leave to have a car in, in shape like that. In fact, I used to work with a guy who said you could t- he could t- learn anything he wanted to about a person by just looking into their cars and seeing how they kept the interiors of their cars, which I thought was a little bit judgmental, but probably had some level of accuracy to it. I can understand where he's coming from. Again, I'm just trying not to come across as being too judgmental myself, uh, especially after the, uh, the the dog incident. Um, but yeah, it, it's I see where he's going with that statement because you're right. If if you're in a shopping mall parking lot and, and you happen to glance over to a vehicle and there's absolutely jam packed full of junk and garbage, yeah, you're going to have a negative view. You're not going to want to ride in that car. So if you were to meet that person in the back of your mind, you're wondering, man, why are you riding around in a in a garbage can on wheels? Yeah. So it well, goes it does saying, leave an impression. It for absolutely sure. it does. Absolutely it does. You know, for for me, I'm I'm a I'd like to think of myself as as a neat freak. Um, I'm not anal retentive about it, but I like to keep a, a nice clean car. As a matter of fact. Uh, yesterday, with it being such nice weather outside, uh, I spent some time cleaning the car, vacuuming it out, uh, cleaning up the, uh, the the floor mats, and wiping down the seats and everything. Just getting all of the the winter crud out of the car. And man, it's it's such a nice feeling going into your car, having it like pristine condition. It there's nothing beats that. It and, does feel good. Yes, you know, for for me. Seeing that the dirt and the grime left over from the winter time, uh, I, I kind of reached my my yuck factor when I saw it. It's like the first nice day. I have to clean this car. If I do nothing else today, I want to. I, I I enjoy that. I I enjoy cleaning my car, and it's just a a sense of satisfaction when you have a nice, pristine, nicely detailed car. Nothing beats that. So keep your cars clean, folks. We're watching. Okay, an update on our 30-day challenges. Um, Last time we spoke, we had each put a couple of challenges, I think, down. I think you had two challenges. I know I had one specific challenge, my challenge being the no eating after eight. And I'm happy to say that I've broken it three times, twice, since we started the challenge. Uh, Once because my wife really wanted to have cheese and crackers, and I decided to forgo you know, I had a cheat day basically. And then the second time, this was a little bit more inexcusable. I, um, I was playing video games. It's like 10 o'clock at night and I just had a hankering for something. And so I went upstairs and grabbed two hot pepperoni sticks and wolfed them down guiltily. And the next day I had the stomach ache all morning. I was like, why did I do that to myself? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I've broken it twice. I fully confess. But other than that, I have been really sticking to it. So out of the last 14 days, I've had two, two uh, miss, missteps. Yeah, and I think I'm sort of in the same boat as well where, yeah, you and I both had the same challenge where no, we're trying to reduce our late night snacking after 8 o'clock. 
And for the most part, I think I've done a pretty good job of that. Um, yeah, I'll be honest, there's been a couple of, of cheat days. We're only human. But I think it's it's achieved the purpose of, of what I set out to do, was to reduce the amount of late night snacking, making myself aware of it. Now that I'm aware of it and I've got this challenge, there's many times where it's like, ah, you know, I'm a, kind of a, a little bit nibblish. Is there something I can I can snack on? It's like, nope, right. don't do it. I don't need it. Don't do it. And so what was behind the two couple of times that you, you broke? Like, why did you eat after eight o'clock? What was it that led you to break it? Whereas on other occasions, you were able to say no and, and resist. I guess it was likely because it was like a Friday night. Um, and I've been pretty good about working out as well. I try to keep as active as possible. I always get in my, at, the, at a minimum, I always get in my, my 10,000 steps a day. Um, so I guess maybe I just viewed in the sense that if you had a, a good active day, then having a late night snack is maybe a little bit more acceptable. Mm. Um, mm. But having those late night snacks five days a week type of thing, then yeah, that, that's that's when you're running into some pretty bad habits there. Um, you know, we so a more conscious awareness of everything is, yeah, is what you've learned so far from this. Exactly. Yeah. I think just being overly, just making yourself aware of the fact that, um, you know, you, you have to be committed and you have to uh, watch yourself to say, no, I don't need it. It's just calories I don't need if I'm hungry. Oh, did you end so up weighing it. yourself before the challenge? You were supposed to weigh yourself, did you? I have, yeah. And I think I've, I think I'm down about two pounds. All right. So it's better than nothing, I guess. Well, two pounds, uh, kind of negligible, but yeah. So let's see how yeah, it goes. It, it, it takes it takes time, and you know, with the with the nice weather coming, we become more active. Um, I've been running outside more often, uh, whereas during the winter time, you know, I just do workouts indoors. I use the uh, elliptical machine, uh, which gets helps me get my ten thousand steps in. Oh, those count um, as steps? Oh, they do. Yeah, hmm. absolutely, they do. Um, Absolutely, they do. Who says? Oh, well, it does on it does on my watch. It does. It counts them. All right. <laughs> yes, it does count them. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. What about the sugar challenge? Sugar, maybe not so much. I haven't been as successful on that one. Are you that still keeping been... sugar out of your coffee? That was one area you were. Um, I do. Well, yeah. No, I, <laughs> I, 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 no that one fell off. Yeah, there's there's still sugar in the coffee. Um, but yeah, I I just. For me, it's just one one sugar, a coffee. I'm not doing cake in a cup, doing triple triples or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, cake in a cup. I was thinking not everyone will understand what that means. Yeah, it's when uh, there's more cream and sugar than there is coffee sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, well, but yeah, the, the, what's your the, plan the, then? Well, the sugar challenge has not gone as well as I had thought, but... Um, it's still on track. I, I'm. I still making a. I still want to make a, a conscious effort to to try to reduce the amount of sugar. Um, well, we'll have to talk about this because yeah. I think we do. In my opinion, and I and I did admit I've broken it a couple times. I really want us to take a thirty day challenge that we can really say at the end of it we did it. So maybe um, maybe we use this opportunity to note our behaviors and find out where our challenges are in terms of staying with the challenge. And then next month we'll actually be ready to launch into a 
proper 30-day challenge. And now we finish up with what we're watching. And um, for me, what I'm watching is what I watched, Ratatouille, the Pixar production. It's a 2007 film about a rat who is a uh, chef or wants to be a chef. He reads a cookbook from... um, he gets a hold of a cookbook from this house or the farmhouse where they, they live, the rat community lives. And I got to say, I was really impressed with everything about this movie, the animation, the story, the music, the voice actors, just a wonderful film. I highly recommend Ratatouille if you're looking for something a little bit light. Yeah, I've seen Ratatouille. Uh, it's been a couple years. My son, when he was a lot younger, he really enjoyed that movie. It was actually one of his favorite movies, so I've seen it probably a couple times. And yeah, it's a quality movie. It's a good story. Uh, It's really well done. Good animation. Yeah, most of the Um, Pixar movies are quite good, and uh, that was no exception. Yeah. Is that on Netflix? Where, Where might people find that? It's on the Disney Channel. On the Disney Channel. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Is that what they call it? Disney Channel? Yeah, I guess so. Or is it Disney TV? Disney Plus. Disney Plus. But Disney I just Plus. call it the Disney Channel. Yeah, Disney Plus is where you can find Ratatouille. Yeah. So the show that I've been watching is um, is a sitcom. It's called Superstore. And it's on Netflix. It's a half-hour TV show. And it's basically just, um, yeah, it's a half-hour comedy of... It's uh, the concept is is people working in a big box retail store. Um, the name of the store is Cloud Nine, but obviously it's it's sort of a, a spoof on Walmart. Um, but the the concept of of the story is just the the characters, uh, meaning the the employees who work at the store and and the the experiences that they deal with. You know, bad customers, interesting. Um, you know, funny events that happen within this store. It's one of those fluff TV shows. There's not a lot to it, but it's entertaining. You know, if you just want to pop on a, a half-hour show that makes you feel good and you don't have to think too hard, mm. then, yeah, Superstore, it's uh, it's a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I believe there's six seasons, and I'm only on season two, so I've still wow. got some still got a ways to go. Haven't heard of the yeah. show. Is it? Uh, no, you know, did you say I, what network it was on? It, it was. It was. Um, well, it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure the network behind it, but it is but on Netflix I had only, Canada anyway. Yeah, I'd come across it because I saw it advertised on Netflix, so I, I clicked on it, wondering what it was, and it just kind of caught my interest. And anyone who has worked in retail, myself, um, I used to work for a retailer called Canadian Tire. Um, for those who are not from Canada, um, Canadian Tire is sort of like a, a Walmart type of store. And, All uh, Canadian yeah. and a place you can yeah. buy sports equipment and kind of a big yeah. box retailer before the big box retailers. Yeah, kind of. So, yeah, I was just, it's anyone who has worked retail can probably relate to some of the stories within this, right. uh, within this TV show. So, it's an NBC show that uh, I guess Netflix grabbed, for, uh, but it was oh, okay, produced so by NBC. NBC. Yeah. Okay. All I know is that it's on Netflix, so it's easy to get. Okay, well, that's it for now. Until next time. Yeah, until next time, make sure you put your carts away properly. We'll be watching. And keep your car clean, too.